square. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. You know, we love China. We love you know, playing there. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. It's just hitting me right now. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Hey, it's Chris Wendelkin. Welcome back. This is On The Line. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at us at onthelineunderscorepod. underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Email us any of your thoughts, questions. Uh, yeah, you got a question about your fantasy team, thought on the state of the league at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. And please, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show, we really appreciate it. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, week two of the NBA season is in the books. How awesome is that? The season is flying by. We're starting to learn a little bit more about some of these uh, these teams, squads like the Clippers and Sixers, kind of the early powerhouses of the league. They look really strong uh, in, the, in the early goings here. A lot of concerns, obviously, about the Warriors, Steph Curry going down, the Kings, the Pacers, the Pelicans, all off to slow starts. So on the show today, Ben and I are going to unpack it all. We'll also talk about some of the juicier stories from the past week. Here it is. Hope you enjoy it. My conversation with Ben Croft. All right, on the line, he has uh, completely lost his mind ordering every available cable TV package in the greater <laughs> Philadelphia area. Ben Craw, DC, yeah. uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to step away from the tube. I know uh, <laughs> you, you've had a lot on your plate with uh, the likes of Stars and Epics and BET and Bravo, but... I now I, I I now am a subscriber, Chris, to NBA TV. I Incredible. actually get NBA TV as part of my cable package, mm-hmm. um, along with uh, ESPN, That's right. T- TNT, yep. uh, some great networks like ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Uh, NBC Four, right. uh, uh, the local NBC Four in Philadelphia, fantastic sure. station. Really right. highly. Highly recommend it. You were watching local TV these days. Yeah, yeah. I'm tuning in to mm-hmm. to the NBCs, the ABCs, the TNTs, uh, yeah. and and of course, uh, yeah. if there are any, uh, if there's any NBA content that is falling uh, between those cracks, uh, we we have our NBA league pass. Sure, Ben. Yeah. I so yeah. I want to begin there with your TV consumption habits. Uh, great, we, great. We, we Happy to talked, talk about this. We, we've talked at times on this podcast about your evolution as an NBA fan. Uh, yes. Once upon a time in your childhood, you were a rabid fan of the '90s New York Knicks. You never mm-hmm. missed a game. Then, yeah, at that time, Chris, I was a uh, a pretty uh, devout subscriber to yeah. the MSG network, which I'm, right. I'm sure you're familiar sure. with as a as a fellow New York area yep. resident. And then, Ben, as that team disbanded, trading off the likes of uh, Mason, Oakley, Starks, Ewing, as they added a black bar to their jersey, well, mm. you checked out, Ben. You entered what we now refer to as uh, the Dark Ages of Craw. We went yeah, to, my, we my went, dark phase. My, we went my, to the dark phase. Yeah, exactly. But, Ben, since emerging from the darkness, 
opening your heart to fantasy basketball and learning to love again, Ben, you have increasingly watched more hoops. First, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I know you began dabbling in Reddit streams. Yes, and yes, just, I just, did. Just a small taste, just to get, just to give yourself a small taste. It, check, maybe just yeah, dip in on dipping my toe your, back into the pool just, just to see what it felt like. One or two your favorite players. Yeah. And then the last year or so, Ben, you you added NBA League Pass, the the, the digital NBA League Pass to your life. A major. That's right. A major sign of your commitment to the NBA. A pretty big step. Yeah, that was a turning point for me. And now, Ben, you've gone, you've gone full boomer. You've become a subscriber of cable TV. Uh, you, you, your life has taken a major shift here. You, you watch TV all the time. Well, it's uh, just so great, Chris. There's just so many channels. I don't know if you know about all these different channels they have these days. <laughs> I mean, there's hundreds of them. Um, incredible, man. Yeah, yeah, it's really fantastic. Uh, yeah, again, if anyone out there hasn't hasn't checked out uh, the television lately, uh, couldn't couldn't urge you strongly enough to contact your local cable provider. Um, what has your life been like the last two weeks? Are you watching new TV shows? Are you watching? Uh, uh, are, are oh you, no, no, Chris, no. I'm I'm watching basketball. That's that's Strictly all I'm watching. Basketball. <laughs> yeah, You're just yeah. mainlining right right into the veins. All these uh, all these NBA games. Well, here's the amazing thing um, mm. with with this wonderful world of technology that we live in um, in 2019. I uh, so when I moved to my new house in Philadelphia, um, I, I we decided to get a cable box. We got uh, Verizon FiOS, um, which wa- which is an amazing upgrade. Uh, we were pr- uh, previously Optimum uh, customers uh, back in New York, since we didn't have mm. access to FiOS in our neighborhood. Um, anyway, this is a really, really fascinating stuff, but, um, but yeah, so once we got the, the new Fios internet, it kind of like came bundled with a cable box. So we decided whatever, sure, we'll get that too. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even really pay attention to like what the, you know, channel package that we got was, I kind of just ignored it and we never really watched TV just cause you know, it was like normal people in, uh, 2019, we watched Netflix and Amazon and, um, you know. Hulu and stuff like that, like everyone else. Um, but then I realized, wait a second. Um, I I have this like cable box thing that I subscribe to. Um, <laughs> that means that I could probably get uh, NBA basketball games uh-huh. on channels like ESPN, uh, TNT, and ABC. Right. Uh, these are, the, of course, the games that are not broadcast on so League again, Pass. Th- this is basketball on your TV screen, not on your laptop, is what you're saying. Well, so that's the thing. Um, I, we still do have a TV, but because I never actually have like three hours to sit down and watch it um, uh-huh. in my life, um, I decided to fit my uh, sort of like my my cable subscription uh, and the fact that I'm actually paying money to uh, subscribe to these channels. I realized, wait a second, just because I don't sit in front of my TV with my cable box doesn't mean I can't Jesus. watch basketball games on ABC and TNT on my phone. Jesus. So, um, yeah, I'm really taking a big leap into the future <laughs> here. I've I've managed to set up um, yeah. all of the, the ESPN and the, uh-huh. NBA, and the local NBC Sports uh, Philadelphia apps on my phone using my Verizon Fios cable package. So I'm not having to... Uh, incur any extra costs or fees for you, you know your, your ESPN Plus or your whatever your TNT overtime whatever all that stuff that that a lot of the cable uh, cutters you know the cord cutters have to have to pay um, since I'm already a cable customer I can get all of it 
at the at the tip of my fingertips on my on my mobile device. So Ben, you're yeah. truly you're truly sick. We're so proud of you. Really we, exciting. Very exciting development well, he, here. The the thing that really spurred it all is that I can't as a uh, as a Philadelphia resident, um, even if a Philadelphia 76ers game is on League Pass, um, it, they black it out uh, sure. for for people in the area, you know, which is like some kind of a you know agreement that that uh, the NBA had with its uh, local providers, yada yada. Um, so I was like, all right, I, listen, I can't just not be able to watch 76ers basketball because um, it turns out. As I'm sure we'll get to, Chris, yeah. in this podcast, they're a pretty fun team to watch. This is um, going to be a big-time team this year. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty legit. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, NBC4 uh, is, the, is the local station that, that covers the, the, that carries the Sixers games. So, yep, uh, I'm Incredible. all signed in, all locked in, ready to consume all 82 games, or as many as I possibly can. Ben, before we get too deep into the weeds with the uh, uh, minutia of the NBA uh, mm. and everything that's been going on the last couple of weeks with the beginning of the season here, I wanted to really quickly at the top of the show here talk about what happened with Deadspin this week, uh, oh, God. if that's cool with you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, Ben, like as was the case when we talked about the NBA's involvement in China a couple of weeks ago, you know. Basketball often intersects with other areas of life. Sometimes sports like starts a, lo- a larger conversation and kind of forces us as fans and consumers to kind of question and reevaluate our lives and choices, our politics, and how sports interacts with other you know aspects of life. Wait, are you, are you sure, Chris? You, you you're saying that we can't we can't just have uh, sports be a completely well, mindless entertainment to distract us from the rest of the world? These aren't these aren't I'm actual saying. real. Uh, these these are real human beings. Yeah, they're really uh, human and, beings, Ben, and it turns oh, man. out our choices have consequences, and we can't just be sports fans and live in, live in a bubble. Um, so this past week, Ben, I don't, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, but almost the entire staff, nearly 20 writers, left one of our favorite online publications, uh, online publications Deadspin, uh, after their management team offered a mandate to the staff, which was basically, uh, you know, stick to sports, which is kind of a, 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 a phrase that we hear a lot. Uh, we're hearing it more and more. Um, and, you know, like, while the site was largely sports focused, you know, for years, Deadspin also dabbled like in the irreverent. They talked about politics and culture, often in a really like amusing, insightful way. Um, Deadspin was my go-to place for reading guys like Tom Lay, you know, Tom's coverage about the NBA's handling of everything happening in China, uh, was Mm -hmm. like really invaluable, I thought. Um, but it's also a place that for like, you know, years ago where I would read about, uh, former LA Clipper owner, Donald Sterling being like a bigot. And that was, you know, Deadspin was the sort of place that would call that stuff out long before Adam Silver ever did. Deadspin was a... You know, they were a vocal critic of the NCAA. They amplified uh, the work of people like Colin Kaepernick. Deadspin investigated Gamergate. Do you remember Gamergate? Of course. Uh, examining all the, the sexism and harassment in the world of online, you know, video gaming. Yeah, they were the, one of the first places, I feel like, that really, like, kind of called that thing out for what it was. Yeah. Um, and really kind of, like, under, understood it, uh, like, the most clearly and kind of, like, you know, morally, uh, I don't know. Yeah, morally clearly. Yeah, I mean, Deadspin just did a great job of, like, highlighting athletes who had, like, a voice, who wanted to speak out 
on political issues and policies and like politicians. And, you know, they kind of had this very socially aware approach to sports journalism. And there was an awareness that like, you know, while sports are fun and something we love, they also, it also has a place in a much like bigger, more complicated world and we shouldn't ignore that we should really embrace it as sports yeah fans. if you're like an actual grown-up with a functioning brain right you, you have to like be able to to understand that that sports are a part of the rest of the world like <laughs> right. turns out i mean obviously yes. i you know i loved watching nba inside stuff as a kid and yes. playing and you know basketball video games um and to me that's all that basketball was but when you uh, you know, uh, progress past the age of 11 or 12, um, you know, you, you sort of start to have a, a yeah. fuller understanding of the world. An awareness that it's like, oh, you know, I love this league, the National Basketball Associ- Association, but it's also like a massive corporation and massive corporations make choices that are, are inherently political and we should just be aware of that. Yeah. Um, Anyways, doesn't ha- by the way, it doesn't detract from your enjoyment of the sport. No, no, no. Uh, if anything, it, tr- it can be a wonderful thing. I mean, yeah. you know, being a big corporation often means like, hey, you have the chance to really positively impact and influence the world. And I right. think a lot of NBA players have done that. And at, at other times, they've really disappointed us. I just think it's healthy to have like an awareness about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, Deadspin's boss, new bosses, uh, this company, Great Hill Partners, um, you know, a like a one, one of the great one of the great companies <laughs> one love, of the great companies one of the great, great hell one of the great uh venture capital firms ben yeah um, and their their ceo jim spanfelder basically uh, issued this mandate this week to the staff did spin don't cover anything other than uh sports um and you know they'll spin it Wh- which in a thousand like, different ways you know but here's ahead, the thing i don't understand this company uh bought deadspin right like they made an they they deliberately uh voluntarily made the decision to purchase this company right um which has existed since what 2000 and when did deadspin start like oh five oh six something like that like it's been around yeah it has a pretty well established reputation by now yes um what the fuck did they actually like think that they were buying is my question yeah and it's like why would you change uh why would you look to change something that exactly like to your point like that's their brand like their their brand is being disruptive you know yeah their their brand is being controversial their brand is saying things that are maybe politically inconvenient you know what i mean like um, you know, Deadspin was originally owned or part of Gawker Media. Gawker had that sort of renegade pirate spirit of journalism where they're, you know, they were going to say things that were uncomfortable for certain people to hear. Um, and we all know the story of, of Gawker, which of, was, of course, uh, destroyed by Hulk Hogan in a massive lawsuit. Um, incredibly. Uh, oh, that's so and funny. bankrolled by Peter Thiel and our friends in Silicon Valley. Anyways, it sucks. This is just yeah. a long way of saying Deadspin was fucking awesome. Yeah. We need uh, to support journalists. We need to, to make it clear to the overlords of corporate media companies that we want journalism and content that, you know, challenges the status quo and maybe presents some uncomfortable questions, whether it's about uh, the NBA's relationship with China or, you know, whatever it is. Like, we we need those voices in our culture and world uh, 
and it sucks. Deadspin was amazing. We'll miss them. They were invaluable. They were something we read every day. Um, and we hope so, those guys all find jobs, new new jobs. Yeah, couldn't couldn't concur. And let's uh, like pour one out for the staff because yeah, the staff very very. Essentially jumped out of a burning building. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, let's be real. Many of these people have, like, families and kids and and, and it, it, real adult expenses. And this was something, um, this is a choice they made in leaving their job that I think was really <clears throat> noble and commendable and um, good on those guys. I mean, I think they're on the right side of history here. Yeah, it was it was uh, the acting either the the deputy or the interim or acting editor in chief Barry Pacheski, mm. uh, who's the the first one to, I guess he was like I don't know if he was technically terminated by um, he was by the, the the yeah by the management um, and then after that happened basically seven or eight of the of the senior staff members uh, voluntarily quit in solidarity with him, um, which again like. When you're, as someone who works in the media business, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. it turns out it's not incredibly lucrative if you are, say, a writer or yeah. an editor um, or even someone like pretty higher up in management of, of one of these websites. Um, you know, it's not like you can just like quit your job and be completely fine and get a brand new job the next day. Um, and, uh, you know, these people are obviously like m- many of them have families to support. And even if yep. they don't, they still have lives and, you know, expenses. Um and so to 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 do that to just like voluntarily quit a an incredibly fucking precious thing when you are yeah. uh, someone who works in in any sort of a creative capacity, which is a paying a regular paying job, to to yep. voluntarily give that up um, is like just one of the most courageous and 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 like badass fucking things you can do. Um, yeah. But anyway, any anyone who's has any negative words to say about any of these people on Twitter can go fuck themselves and eat mm. shit and die and rot in hell forever. Um, uh, nice just to get just to get that out of the way, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, shouts to to people like Tom Lay, David yeah. Roth is another uh, favorite of mine. Yeah, um, who who recently resigned. Um, yeah, I mean, ton, just tons of great writers. Um, so it's yeah, a loss, I really, man. it's a loss. We need where, wherever we need those people land yeah. is gonna is gonna be super fortunate um, to have them. Um, and my question now is, Deadspin still exists, right? Like, is it oh, still yeah. gonna? Oh, it's uh, still- oh, and. It still exists. Uh, it's in that like zombie territory now, where like, yeah. someone else will take it over and pretend to still I, be Deadspin. I, I am like so fascinated to see how the fuck that's gonna work, um, and to see them like try to maintain like some the, sort of an editorial voice, voice. Yeah. yeah, while not like it's gonna be. Oh God, I don't. I yep. I mean, the people who who do end up working there are I, I like I have nothing against. Again, I'm sure that they are yeah, probably no. desperate for work and are gonna try to do their best. Right. Um, given their circumstances, but like, God, that is really, that's going to be tragic. Unenviable. It's absolutely tragic. Unenviable. Um, yeah. Well, best yeah. of luck to the staff. Uh, yeah. Drew, Drew, that- Mag- Drew McGarry, Maggery, right. uh, uh, whatever how you, uh, you pronounce his name. He's, he just resigned. He was yep. like one of the, the main voices there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's going to be the same. Um, but, uh, Hey, best of luck to, uh, geo media and their, um, you know, 
awesome the corporate overlords at uh, Great Hill Partners. Great Hill you guys, Partners, Partners, yeah, partners. yeah. We, we, we wish you guys nothing the best to, uh, yeah. to Jim Spanfelder, uh, Jim, Spanfeller, and uh, keep, everyone at keep Great fight, Hill. Keep fighting the good fight, Jim. Yeah. I know it's tough out there. The consolidation um, of media continues. I, yeah, I know. Very excited I know. About it. I know it's tough for a corporate CEO, Jim. But uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep you're doing, doing great. Thing, baby. Um, you know, yeah. the world is, is a better place uh, f- because of people like you. So That's thank you, right. Jim. All right, Ben, let's move on to the NBA now. Where to begin, Ben? Uh, I I mean, I I provided an update last week in last week's episode about uh, about the preacher, Jonathan Isaac's hair. We can certainly begin there. Um, Do do, do we want to... Can you give us, Ben, just a quick State of the Union on the preacher? Uh, uh, I I know we have talked at length about Jonathan Isaac's hair on this show. Um, Yeah. Well, he's doing great. Um, yep. I uh, I really couldn't be more excited about his progression um, mm-hmm. as both an NBA basketball player and a uh, hair um, uh, role model. Um, yeah, he's really having kind of a, a, a starting starting to emerge, kind of as a little little breakout. Um, you know, the the thing that uh, that everyone had their their hopes hopes up for. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's looking pretty solid so far. Uh, I believe he's second in the NBA in block shots uh, per and game. Now he's alternating Ben with this hairdo between a rooster and uh, like a series of cornrows that just is on the top, right? So it's it's kind of how would you describe it? Yeah, I have to I have to double check. Did he go back? Because I know so his first game. Uh, that we saw the cornrows. Um, I believe was that the first game of the season against Cleveland, or was that yes. at, at Atlanta? Maybe. Um, I forget who I forget, they were playing then, that night. Yeah, yeah. But then the next game, um, he had the rooster back out. Um, right. So and we're not sure if it's going to be like a Ben Wallace type situation right. where he where he alternates it back and forth. I, that's that's like my a, hope. Like a bullpen by committee sort of situation where one night it's this, one night it's that. You know what I mean? Right, like right. one night it will be the rooster, one night it will be the rose. But um, very exciting to see John sort of embracing these different looks with his hair. Um, and yeah, he's just he's off to a great start. The, the Orlando Magic are a very fun team to watch. I of course have uh, Markel Fultz rostered on my fantasy team. Ben. Yeah, can uh, I ask you just, how that experience is going uh, so far? It's, it's just been a roller coaster. It's it's been so fun. Um, again, you know, you keep the expectations in check, and mm-hmm. you really can't be disappointed. You know, Markel had uh, you know a great first few games of the season um he struggled the other night against the knicks but um yeah overall i'm feeling like very positive about markel fultz has been doing great man i mean he's he's coming in around how many minutes a night here we're, we're looking at a solid 23 and a half minutes a night ben mm. uh, for markel he's putting in about 11 points still still coming off the bench behind augustine at this yep. point right yep 11 but that, points. that could change that could change anytime three and a half assists uh you know like uh how many steals do we have over here okay well he, he's He's averaging 0.0 steals. That's okay. Uh, a rebound and a half. I mean, you know, again, limited sample size, but I, I feel very encouraged. The, the thing with Markel is um, the box score is not really going to tell the story. It's all about the eye test, Ben. And this is where sure. that this is where that NBA league pass really pays off because oh, when yeah. you when you watch him, when you see those when you see those braids, Ben, flopping around. Because <laughs> the thing about Markel is he has. You just have to see it in person, but or see it on your TV screen. Like he really has this like kind of floppy way of playing. Like 
Yeah. His, his body is very like erratic. Uh, that that that's the best way I can put it. Like he's <laughs> you. I believe you described of, him. You mm-hmm. described him in a text to me as quote your little Frankenstein. Yes, he is. Is that right? He is my little Frankenstein. He's <laughs> just like very like he's like a very herky jerky floppy. Like his hair flies everywhere, and he just kind of drives very hard to the rim and flips the ball up, and it's just it's just very exciting. Uh, yeah, I, could, I, I I love the Magic. I really love the Magic. <laughs> this might be my early, they're a very fun team. This might be my early league pass team. Um, I, they're all little Frankenstein's to me. What between? Yeah, between I mean, Isaac is is a little Frankenstein-y folks. himself yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, uh, w- very love, gangly, love to very see some production out of Mo Bamba. Obviously, mm-hmm. we love uh, Vucevic. I mean, just all these guys. Very interesting. Fournier. Interesting stuff happening down there. Fournier with that with that hair. Uh, another hair another hair. incredible yeah. incredible uh, specimen of naturally of, of hair. going bald. You know, yeah, na- naturally going bald. Yeah, just um, stubbornly refusing to shave his head. And why would he, Ben? Why would he when he has that when he, beautiful yeah. natural? Why would you deprive the world of that beauty? That's right. Uh, let's move on, Ben. So uh, <laughs> our home team. Uh, the New York Knicks. Could we have a, a brief chat here, a brief check in here with the Knicks. Yeah, uh, how we doing is, here? Uh, Let's R- see. We... R.J. Barrett, Frank Nilakina, Dennis Smith Jr., Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, Marcus Morris, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Alfred Payton, Alonzo Trier. Uh, we're still waiting on Iggy Brazdakis, Reggie mm. Bullock, Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, Damian Dotson. We love these guys, Ben. Of course. Uh, let, let, let's talk early season positives, negatives. Um, I don't know how much of the Knicks you've been able to watch, but anything you, you, you've you seen that you like or you're really concerned about thus far from the Knicks? Well, um, I got to be honest with you, Chris. Yep. Uh, the Knicks are not... <laughs> they're not really that... They're not the highest on my on my list of, on your of pecking order. priorities in life right yep. now. They're sitting at one and four as we yep. record this. Um, I think it's it's uh, uh, it pains me, but it is unavoidable to say that they are coached by one of the worst coaches in basketball. Man, uh, David Fisdale. Yep. I know he had high hopes for the guy. I know maybe he can turn it around, but he just seems like he doesn't like he's just all over the place. He doesn't have yep. his his roster uh, and lineup decisions are just completely incomprehensible. Uh, and utterly baffling night to night. You you never know what you're gonna get. Um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm like with I, you here, man. Like you I, have I, you have been steadfast. I would say the last year or so, you've been pretty not outspoken, but steadfast in your criticism of Fizdale. Like I was, I, I would say in our relationship, I was the one that was kind of like holding out hope for Fizdale. And well, you you're kinda, always you're always the optimist. Uh, I'm definitely. Let, the let's optimist. be honest. You, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I remember when you texted me very <laughs> excitedly um, about the yeah. signing of, of Joaquin Noah. Um, oh, you literally yeah. were like, let's go baby. And sent me a yeah. picture of Noah in a Knicks jersey. That's right. That's and right. I was just like, what, what is this? I'm not this, sure. This is, yeah. I'm this is nothing. This, this is yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but uh, you were you were early on the train with Fisdale of you know being. Concerned. I wanted to like the guy, yeah. yeah, but but then it was pretty clear, you know. I mean, his treatment of of Frank Nilakina, yeah, even his treatment of of Mitchell Robinson until he kind of finally uh, let him loose at the end of last season, yeah. And then we were like, oh, awesome, Mitch Mitchell Robinson is our is our starting you know is future superstar center, yeah, playing thirty minutes a night, and now this season begins and he's 
getting 19 minutes last game <laughs> without any foul trouble whatsoever. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, like, he's like, con- he's like openly contemplating bringing him off the bench behind Bobby Portis. Yep. And you're like, it definitely uh, seems like he's trending in that direction. This guy is like the one fucking player on our team that everyone is excited about. Um, yeah. He, and yet, he just seems to be kind of regressive. Like, there's kind of some double speak with Fizdell, right? Where he's been this guy that's been very much like you earn your minutes. You you what, what's the phrase? You keep what you kill. Like kind of like yeah. everyone's gonna yeah. Earn every your everything's a position battle. Right, blah blah blah. Right, right. But it's like and okay, yet, that's fine if you do that like in the preseason. But then make a fucking decision. Yeah, and also, give your team some stability and some like mm-hmm. expectation of like what they're gonna be doing night in and night out. It also sounds good, but it's not really. You got to practice what you got to practice what you preach here a little bit and like you know Dennis Smith Jr. couldn't hit a shot in the preseason and yet he was the first guard off the bench coming in to back up Alfred Payton and yeah well do we want to talk about our our Dennis Smith Jr. conspiracy theories here yeah we should give that we should give that a little air those out real quick let's talk about the entire point guard situation with the Knicks and then and then bring in and then enter the Dennis Smith Jr. uh, conspiracy theory but basically in a nutshell, for anyone who's not following the Knicks too closely, um, Alfred Payton has been the most competent uh, point guard on the roster between Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nilakina, and uh, and 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 uh, Alfred Payton. So uh, Payton is the guy who's been getting the lion's share of the minutes early in the season. And then he suffered a hamstring injury the other night. Dennis Smith Jr. has been away. Uh, on bereavement, uh, you know, he he lost a family member very tragically, so he's been away, and it, yeah. all signs were pointing to there's only one point guard left on the roster, Frank Nilakina. He should be getting the uh, the bulk of the of the work, and David Fisdale for some reason refuses to play the guy. It's oh, kind of oh no confounding. no he gave him he gave a very clear reason, Chris. Uh, uh, he said yeah, he said that David uh, David Fisdale said that he doesn't want to start. Yeah. Uh, Frank Nilakina and risk losing him to foul, foul trouble quickly. Trouble, the classic which, conundrum of foul trouble. I mean, everyone knows you can't start your best players because yeah, if they no. if they get if they get fouled, uh, you know, if they get fouls early in the game, then you won't be able to ever play him. Frank um, is a so walking, don't even just don't even play him, and then they won't get fouls. He's there. a walking liability. So, there you go. He's a walking liability. That's why you never play your best players, Ben. You keep them. No, on the bench. you can't play those guys. Do not risk them getting into foul trouble. If you have a LeBron James, if if you have a Kyrie nope. Irving, don't put him on the basketball don't, court. They might foul him. out. You got to sit him. You got to sit him. Yeah. Keep him on the bench where they're safe. So, of course, three young point guards here. Uh, Alfred Payton was a lottery pick once upon a time. The Knicks, I think, are his third or fourth team. He's kind of a retread guy at this point. The Knicks have become this way station for... Uh, point guards trying to rehabilitate their career. So there's Peyton. Dennis Smith Jr. obviously came over in the Porzingis trade, so the Knicks have this vested interest in him being a success story. And Nilakina was a draft pick of Phil Jackson's, and he's been, you know, he's been getting the short end of the stick for a while now, and it's it's sort of confounding. I mean, I understand the guy doesn't have a jump shot, but at the same yeah, time, like, he's he's a plus look, defender. Like if, he's super limited offensively, right. um, but he's kind of a perfect uh, uh, partner, backward partner for RJ Barrett, who's is who you want to have in the everything you know. that Fisdale preaches: defense, defense, defense. 
Right. It would seem like Frank would be that guy. You know what I mean? Right. If nothing else, like the worst case scenario is he comes in and should be the guy defending Kemba Walker. You know, when, when the Celtics came into the garden the other night and just torched the Knicks, it was like, yeah. where is Frank? This is the guy that should be on Kemba Walker, shutting him down as he once did during the preseason. And as he, Oh, yeah. and, and during the, the fucking FIBA World Cup, like right. literally just a few weeks ago, uh, that specific matchup, Nilakina versus Walker, when France was playing USA, and of course Nilakina famously, uh, you know, shut him out in the fourth quarter, and France right. won the game. Right. But right. you know, hey, I guess that was a different game that they were playing, so it, it, we shouldn't try that again in the uh, NBA. So there are Ben, as we talked about, some Dennis Smith Jr. conspiracy theories. Yeah. Um, why don't we talk really quickly about what those are? <sighs> well. It seems like uh, his shot is has been tinkered with, um, and there are some people out there saying that it was tinkered with by the Knicks, um, you know, management, whatever, st- the training staff, um, possibly against Dennis's uh, wishes. Wow. Um, tough to say. Uh, obviously, the guy has never really been a great shooter uh, in... Um, Let's see, in 2018, uh, in the 18-19 season, uh, playing 53 games, he shot 32% from three-point range. As a rookie in 17-18, he shot 31%. So, you know, it's understandable you'd want to try to improve that number. Um, but it looks like they may have uh, done a little bit more harm mm-hmm. than good, um, mm-hmm. which is, of course, a violation of the uh, Hippocratic Oath that all uh, doctors take um, before they... Uh, become doctors um but uh yeah we're not really sure what's going on with him he has so far um played uh dennis smith uh who of course was like the jewel of the Kristaps porzingis yep. trade last season um he's played a total of 26 minutes in yeah. three games for the knicks um of course before this tragic um uh um you know hiatus that he that he had to take for for personal reasons um but yeah, to put it mildly, we're pretty concerned about the guy. Um, there have been some even more extreme conspiracy theories, if I'm not mistaken. Is that yes. right, Chris? Yeah, there is a <laughs> there is a thought process, which is which simply goes like this: maybe the Knicks, um, maybe the Knicks tinkered with his shot and basically gave him a promise, saying, "If you allow us, if you in essence, if you become our Frankenstein, yeah. if you if you allow us to monkey around with your jump shot <laughs> form, we will in exchange." I, I guess Ben, is this how is this the phrase "quid pro quo"? Is that how that works? Sure. In uh, in, in exchange for becoming our Frankenstein, we will make you our Frankenstein point guard, and. Uh, but you have to let us play around with your jump shot form. And the thought process was, if it works, great. We have a point guard of the future with a you know a guy who's shooting correctly. And if it doesn't work, his field goal percentage will be so bad, we'll be able to point to that and say, hey, look, we can't play the guy. Yeah. His 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 field goal percentage is terrible. Yeah, so he's become unplayable. We got to cut him. He's become unplayable. We can't play him. Yeah. So... Um, very strange. We're keeping an eye on the Nick point guard situation. Obviously, those are the negatives. Really quickly, let's let's talk positives, Ben. Yeah, um, and then we'll move on to some of the bigger national stories here in the NBA. But real positive, real positive story thus far for the Knicks. I think RJ Barrett. I mean, RJ. RJ yeah, RJ looks comfortable scoring in the NBA. Ben. I mean, yeah. And, and frankly, his defense has been much better than expected. You know, including yeah. a game the other night where he had six steals. Um, other positives, you know, Kevin Knox is hitting jumpers. He's, he's hitting threes. Um, 
I mean, I, I guess uh, I guess one positive is Mitchell Robinson. Uh, you know, he continues to struggle with fouls and getting minutes, but I guess he's healthy. That that that's a positive. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and very productive in the in the time that he's actually yes. on the court. Yes. Yeah, um, so, still racking up those blocks, which yeah. I'm sure you're happy to see as and, a uh, fantasy and, basketball as an manager owner of Mitchell Robinson. Yep. I'm very excited about that. And and the RJ to Mitch connection looks real. Throwing the lobs, mm-hmm. but yeah, man. I mean, RJ. I think he's an early rookie of the year candidate. I mean, I, I mean, he's playing massive minutes. Yeah. yeah. The usage uh. is exciting, man. Like he's just, he looks so comfortable scoring in the NBA. He looks for a 19 year old kid. He just looks poised. He looks strong. I mean, he's doing things like, you know, it sounds so simple and stupid and basic, but he's the way he drives to the rim is very exciting for a young kid. You know, he's mm-hmm. not, being overpowered um and that's exciting even when he gets fouled at the rim and doesn't hit the shot just the fact that he has the conf he had the, the, the confidence to like cock it back and try to dunk on someone for the celtics the other day i was like wow jesus yeah. this kid's like not afraid and yeah. um i he's a real bright spot um yeah so he's I'm, averaging 18.2 points per game yeah uh playing 36 minutes a game yeah pulling down six and a half rebounds three assists one and a half steals yeah um, yeah, I mean, the turnovers are a little high. His free throw percentage yep. is absolutely like a fucking abominable. But uh, yeah, he needs to work on, you know. <laughs> on his shot at the line. That's probably the biggest uh, black yeah, hole for him. He's but currently shooting 40% from the free throw line. It's so funny, that could be man. improved. Like, I, I've talked to NBA fans, people who like the Knicks about, about RJ, and they're like, yeah, he looks good. I mean, he's not like a generational talent, but he looks good. Right. Like, don't you right. understand? We're the Knicks. Even like <laughs> someone very good is so much better <laughs> than like anything that we've had in the last however many years. I'll start yeah. with I'll start with he's very good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I understand. Yes, we didn't get Zion, but who knows? You know, who knows if how healthy Zion will be and I think he's 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 a positive building block for the future. We need more, but um, it's encouraging. If nothing else, I think RJ his development has been encouraging. So I'm I'm excited to see uh, where things lead with with RJ Barrett in the Knicks here. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll focus on RJ and ignore uh, basically everything else about this team. And, <laughs> That's right. Uh... Before we move on to any of the uh, the other national stories here, real quick, let me ask you: How have you been sleeping, Ben? Oh, I've been uh, I've been sleeping pretty good. Um, um, yeah. yeah, uh, I would say, you know, you could always, you could always be better. Sure. Um, well, Ben, you know, I just want to remind you, you're pretty unique and... Oh, am I? Yeah, you are. And our, actually our sponsor of this show is a mattress company called Helix Sleep. And Ben, Helix makes a mattress that's made for how unique you are and how, you know, you sleep differently, man. You, you have different needs and, um... Ben Helix Sleep, I want to let you know, has a quiz that you fill, that you once filled out, so you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've taken this quiz. Yeah, it only t- you know it only takes two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep. It's an easy quiz. Yep. I fucking aced it in like five minutes. Um, I felt like I was back in in seventh grade. That's uh, right. You know, just just uh, breezing into the classroom, sitting down, acing that quiz, handing it to the teacher, and uh, <laughs> go, move, moving on with my day. Yep. Ben, take that quiz, and Helix Sleep is going to match your sleep preferences for the with the perfect mattress for you. So whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, if you like a plush or firm bed with Helix, there's no more confusion or compromising. Helix was even awarded the number one best overall mattress from one of our favorite magazines, GQ and Wired Magazine. Mm. So we just want you to go to helixsleep.com. 
sleepcom slash on the line. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix even has a 10-year warranty, and you get to try out your mattress for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. So that's the deal, Ben. Um, and now Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash on the line. Helixsleep.com slash on the line for up to $200 off your next mattress order, Ben, you got to do it. You, I want yeah. you to sleep well. I still don't totally believe that $200 deal. Uh, I'd it's really real. like if any one of our listeners can actually do that <laughs> and and confirm to me that that, that uh, exists because that really kind of sounds like bullshit. But, um, you know, if they say that's the deal, I guess that's it. They say that's the deal. They have to do what they say, Ben. They have to do what they say. I certainly would hope so as our sponsors. My God. My God. Um, all right. Let's transition now, Ben, back to some of the uh, bigger, more national stories here. Uh, can we mm. talk quickly about Kyrie Irving? Oh, boy. So, Kyrie Irving, how do we feel about Kyrie? Well, how do we um, feel about Kyrie and these Brooklyn Nets? Because, you know, I think it's all one big story here. Um, yeah. What do we think? So Kyrie obviously was the big acquisition in the offseason. The Brooklyn Nets uh, off to a bit of a slow start. They at, at the time we were recording this are one in three. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there have been encouraging signs. Kyrie at times, I mean, he's averaging, what, like 35 points a night? Yeah. Um, he's, he's putting up highlight reel passes. I mean, he looks like a Harlem Globetrotter out there with some of these shots. So here's um, the thing. Yeah. This is the first time I've ha- ever had Kyrie Irving on my fantasy basketball team, Chris. Sure. Yeah. Um, which of course gives gives one uh, you know a little extra incentive to actually watch a player's games closely. Yeah. Watching this guy play basketball is like one of the most thrilling experiences. Like wow. I I guess I you know I'd seen him you know playing in the playoffs and stuff, but I never really watched like Nets games. I never really tuned in that right. closely before. Uh, or rather uh, Celtics games, um, you know, last year or Cavs, you know, before then. Um, uh, but like really watching him closely, um, like he is so fucking good. <laughs> it's like insane. Like I, obviously, you know, he only has a, a, so much of an impact on on the game as like a little guy. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of advanced metrics, yada, yada, that you could point to. He's not like the best player in basketball, obviously, but just watching him dribble and, uh, score and pass is like he's like one of the most fun players to actually watch yeah. um of course completely separate from how we feel about him uh as a person which is a slightly more complicated matter i would say yes well how, uh, okay um how would you describe really quickly how would you describe watching him you said like he's one of the most exciting players to watch. Like what? Yeah. Is well, it? you said it. he's like a, uh, an actual Harlem Globetrotter. Like yeah. he's doing like he seems playground. Like he would be one of the greatest all time like one on one players. Oh like, my god! Yeah. Like it, his it, dribble moves. Um. Like I don't know if you saw that yeah. the, the first game uh, yeah. that went to overtime against the Timberwolves when he fell. Where yeah. yeah. We're not entirely sure if that was even like uh, a, 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 like legal. a like an accident, well, yeah. legal. But like the way he like spun around, or like like he like tr- he like tripped and stumbled and spun on his butt while completely maintaining his dribble, and then before rising up for a perfectly um, 
like, you know, sort of like balanced jump shot, which he just narrowly missed to lose yep. the game. Um, but like that move was so ridiculous that like, I'm not entirely sure it was an accident. Like he might've just been doing like that was his plan. Yeah. Or if it was an accident, it's even more impressive because he just totally maintained control of the ball and was able yeah. to like use and like fluidly move uh, right in from that into a perfectly balanced jump shot. Um, yeah, he seems like one of the great <laughs> improvisers to oh my god yeah like like i i choose to believe actually that that it was an accident that he fell and he's so talented that he's able to like spring up and not miss a beat right the way literally on his ass a performer on stage could drop a line and not miss a beat just kind of improvise and ad lib and just boom they're right there right right but but yeah here's the thing i mean the nets at at, at, at cur- currently are the fourth worst defense in the league. They're allowing. Yeah, they're not a, a good team. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't they're think. allowing a whopping 122 opponent points per game. Um, so you know, like so much of last year's net squad was about the chemistry, the culture. That's all we've uh, heard about. The chemistry right? and the culture. Chemistry yeah. and the culture. Kenny Atkinson, Sean Marks. The culture for this team, it's incredible. And, you know, last year's team, those guys just genuinely seemed to really like playing with each other. They had one another's backs. And in the early goings here in Brooklyn, you know, it's been rough around the edges. The, uh, obviously, the potential's there, but there's going to be some serious growing pains. And Jackie McMullen this pe- oh, this week wrote this great uh, piece on Kyrie. Yeah, she and- waited a full three games to <laughs> drop her massive Kyrie Irving hit piece. Sure. Love you, Jackie. Incredible power move there. Um, of course, she is a, a Boston you know sports writer and reporter. Um, I have a feeling she she had some things like saved up from last season uh, yes. against Kyrie. I love how this piece never quite... begins. This piece begins behind a heavily fortified fence, menacing security dogs, and multiple <laughs> metal detectors. A trio of players blissfully trained together, ate together, played cards, puffed cigars, and swapped dreams. The luxury lined Silver Cloud cruise ship was docked at the Pier Mawa in Rio de Janeiro. In it resided Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan, members of the 2016 Olympic team. It was a union that was a that was years in the making. Yeah, a really a really telling choice by Jackie there to begin her uh, her profile of of the Nets and their culture with fucking security dogs and like chain link <laughs> like fences, snarling pit bulls, <laughs> and behind it, Kevin Durant and Kyrie are just puffing cigars, like laughing. Yeah. Uh, so so qu- quickly, some of the highlights from that piece, which I urge everyone to go out and read in full because it's great. Uh, Jackie is of course. Say uh, a, a very uh, talented and, and experienced reporter, um, but so she she talks a little bit about um, you know it's not entirely negative actually a lot of the the pieces it's pretty interesting and and um, yeah and and pretty um, uh, I find it really interesting you know, com- complimentary of, of the Nets and their system, um, but at one point she writes. Um, Yet, yet Irving's infamous mood swings, confirmed by his ex-teammates, which followed him from Cleveland to Boston to Brooklyn, are the unspoken concern that makes Nets officials queasy. When Irving <laughs> lapses into these funks, he often shuts down, unwilling to communicate with the coaching staff, front office, and sometimes even his teammates. Nets team sources say one such episode occurred during Brooklyn's trip to China, leaving everyone scratching their heads as to what precipitated it. Um, and then, so she describes this incident where, uh, uh, I guess they're like uh, getting their picture taken in front of the uh, Pearl TV tower in China. 
And she writes, um, there has already been leeway to allow Irving to march to his own drums. The Nets are willing to look past moments like the photo shoot at the Pearl TV Tower in China when Irving refused to remove his hat and instructed them to Photoshop it out. Um, ben, I know what you're trying to do here. And you're, what you're trying to do is aggregate, and I'm not going to allow it, Ben. I know what you're trying to do. You know how we feel about aggregation on this podcast, and I won't have it, Ben. My frustration with being having stuff aggregated about this podcast and about other things that I've done has gotten me to, to be more mindful of how I handle players. Kyrie is a perfectly wonderful teammate. Extremely uh, normal guy. The entire um, People's Republic of China stands behind Kyrie. We love him. We love his moods. He's a perfectly wonderful human being. And we will not, Ben, allow you to come on this podcast and aggregate, which I know is your main <laughs> objective. Uh, so good. So good. Yeah. I mean, you know, the piece, it's interesting how this week it was largely, I felt like spun to be like a, oh, it's a Kyrie hit piece or something. And yeah, it's really not. It's I really mean, just about the Nets culture and basically like we were talking about like how last year they had this like utopian kind of oh everyone's buying in it's just this team environment kenny atkinson it's team first and then there's this line in the piece where they're like if you build it they will come if you build this great culture the stars will come and then you know the piece is largely about now the challenge the the challenges of integrating these two star players uh durant and irving and i guess uh deandre jordan if oh yeah don't forget De- don't forget deandre yeah critical DeAndre. member of the big three how, yeah. do, how do you integrate them how do you get these vets with their own routines and their own training histories how do you get them to buy into a system where you know the nets have created this culture the last few years of biometrics and doing things the nets way and you know, it's it's just it, it's interesting about how really how do you get like veteran guys who have a championship pedigree? How do you get them to buy into a system? So, I mean, there's there's certainly evidence that um, you know it's there. There's a learning curve here. It's not gonna it's not gonna be seamless, but um, we'll see. I mean, Kyrie's been outstanding on a individual performance level but uh so like here's the thing i yeah like as much as i think it's kind of fun to be like oh god Kyrie's such a weirdo don't we all hate him Mm -hmm. um like it's also like kind of like bullshit and ridiculous like what like what does he ever actually i mean i i guess like last season it was clear that he was like not necessarily helpful to like the sort of chemistry of of the celtics and like I'm sure there are more specific stories that like inside reporters can like point to of, of him like yeah. doing bad things that hurt the team. I know, I know. But at the same time, what it's has like he really done. Here's yeah. The, yeah. Here's the thing. like everyone here, here, loves here. fucking talking about this guy. And obviously you write stories about him and we talk about him on podcasts because that's what people want to like. He's so yeah. fascinating because he's such a fucking weirdo. But like ultimately, like he's just a really, it's, really dude, good basketball player. It's and all like enablement. Like, like here's the thing. Like you could just be like, hey, dude, you need to take off your hat. And if you don't like, well, I don't know. We'll find it. Like, I, 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 I really, or whatever, or yeah. fucking let him leave it on. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> exactly. Like the, the, the thing is the, the story about the story is the funniest part. Like the whole, yeah. like the whole idea, like, Oh, Kyrie, he ruined the Celtics. It's like, I can't believe well, it's how? only been three games and he's already starting uh, trouble, yeah. uh, you know, he, with the nets. Already, and it's like being a bad boy. It's like, yeah, well, <laughs> he's being a very naughty boy. <laughs> I mean, like he didn't want to take off his hat and then you allowed him to not, take off his hat so yeah. like aren't you the problem like the and how like everyone's like oh we ruined the celtics 
How did he ruin the Celtics? Like, I think... Yeah, by being their best player, leading them to the playoffs, and then losing to a better team. Like, I I actually think that people become so obsessed with, like, coddling, you know, like, we've so, we've swung so far in the other direction where, like, management is so afraid of, like, alienating a star athlete that they won't just be like, hey, I need you to do this. And then when they don't do it or when they when they get self-conscious and they're afraid to ask an athlete to do something, then they, then they make the athlete to be the problem versus, like, that. I, I just think it's so stupid, like... It's there. There, he wanted to wear a hat, and so he took a photo with a hat. And now we're like pretending like that was an issue. And yeah. if it was really that big of a deal, you could have just been like, "You need to take off the hat, or we'll suspend you." And I bet he probably would have taken it off. Or like, it's just so stupid. It's like such a non-story. Yeah, it's uh, a completely non-story. It's funny but to me, but whatever. That, that we now uh, we 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 drum up these narratives that like it's relevant or it matters when it yeah it really does not. Which is weird then, because at, at that point, then I'm like swinging back in the direction where I'm like, no, I I like Kyrie. I'm actually maybe <laughs> now, now rooting like for it. Kyrie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like maybe maybe oh, because God. of all the bullshit How that he. Oh, it's begun, Ben. This is this is your <laughs> Steph Curry story all over again. You draft Kyrie Irving, and now you're an apologist for China. You love the Chinese. Just yeah. I mean, it turns out he's also averaging 35 That's points right. per game on 45, 48 shooting right. and 90 percent from the line. Yes. Uh, yes. With uh, six assists and six. Rebounds. Rebounds uh, for my fantasy basketball team. So you know what? Like, hey, maybe everyone just get off his back, okay? Maybe Ben, leave we'll him see be. You at the Pearl TV Tower in China with a hat on your head, Ben. Ah <laughs> uh, man, I need to get one of those hats. Well, um, I just mentioned the name Steph Curry. Curry obviously was on your fantasy team last year. Uh, Curry's yeah. in the news this week. He breaks his hand, Ben. Oof, oof, that does not feel good for Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Now both on the uh, injured reserve list. Uh, yeah. Curry broke his hand this week. Uh, the other night against Phoenix, Aaron Baines landed on his wrist. Um, ben, there are whispers that he could. This could be an extended stay for Steph on the uh, on the injured list. Maybe it takes a few months. You know, six six to eight weeks, whatever it is. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Like before he sustained that that injury, which sucks. Um, and obviously, a lot of people are uh, you know really in- enjoying the shot in Freud and. Uh, and uh, you know, pooping on the wound and and uh, and having a lot of fun over the misfortunes of the Golden State Warriors, which is totally understandable and fine and fair. Um, I, you know, it still sucks. He's a, a great player. Um, uh, and but like the thing is that before he even got the injury, I was sort of like maybe the Warriors should just kind of shut it down. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and like load manage him like every other game and like just not like it's just so pointless to even try like it was clear uh how bad this team was like within three games i mean Mm. he he hadn't been injured i think he got injured in like what the second quarter and in the first quarter against the suns uh the warriors uh lost that quarter 43 to 14 yep um so yeah i don't think that they were really gonna do much uh even with a fully healthy steph curry going you know atomic every single game so let's talk about the roster real quick so (coughs) steph and clay both now on the injured reserve list we have d'angelo russell draymond green willie collie stein just uh joined joined the team the other night damian lee jordan Poole, glenn robinson the third omari spellman Kayvon looney marquise chris alec burke alec burks um you know these guys this is not these are not world beaters here no no it's yeah and i'm I'm curious man if you were if you were bob myers how would 
how would you approach this here? I mean, would you let them? I would tank. I would tank would my ass off. Yeah. I would absolutely fucking shut it down. And uh, it would be awesome to get like a top five pick to pair yeah. with Curry and Clay and Draymond next season. Yeah. Like, how cool would that be? I mean, remember um, the 96 97 season? The San Antonio Spurs lost David Robinson to an injury and they wound up, you know, they luck, wound up lucking into the number one, number one overall pick, Tim Duncan, and yeah. sets up a championship run. But I'm curious if you were Bob Myers, would you consider moving a guy like. D'Angelo Russell um, in an effort to tank. I mean, he could probably yeah. be offloaded. Hell yeah, team. get some more draft picks. Yeah, I mean, he could probably, frankly, be offloaded to a team like the Knicks for salary cap space and a pick. Oh god, I'm not sure the Knicks should do <laughs> Jesus that. Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? That would be a very Knicksy. A... That would be a very Knicksy thing to do, right? Oh god, if that happens, I'm just going to stop watching. You're just them. resigning. Yeah, you're resigning yeah. your fan of your fanhood after that. Um, yeah. But you, you you would endorse them looking to move Russell for, for picks or space or something like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. Completely. It's yeah. it's utterly pointless to compete uh, for for wins. I mean, and, it's going to get ugly, man. You know, I, I mean, listen, I feel I feel so bad for uh, all those tech billionaires uh, sure. at, at, uh, at that brand new arena in San Francisco. The chase. The chase. It's really, it's really uh, uh, it, it bums me out to, to think of them, um, you know, paying, to see a wonderful paying ba- so much, a so wonderful much good money for those like season tickets. Chase just <laughs> dragged through the mud. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those people deserve better. They have hard lives. Um, Yes. Uh, and 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 you know, watching uh, Warriors basketball is one of the few bright spots. Um, but um, you know, hey, there's always next year, guys. Uh, you know, keep your head up, and um, and and you'll get through it. I promise. Ben, let's talk real quick about Towns versus Embiid. Um, oh man, the 76ers, Joel Embiid, the fucking rumble in the jungle, <laughs> and the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, each have received a two-game suspension for their roles in an altercation the other night in a game in Philadelphia on, I guess, Wednesday night. Um, I mean, uh, thoughts, impressions about this whole thing. I mean, go ahead. The floor is yours. So, all right, here's my um, thing that I'm grappling with. Um, And much like Kyrie Irving, I'm I'm overthinking this and I'm very ambivalent about it all. Um, Mm -hmm. As a a Philadelphia resident now, obviously the, the Sixers are my adopted home team. Um, on like, even if they were just a regular basketball team, I would still, you know, want to root for them a little bit as, as my home team. I don't, but they're not just regular. I I don't live in Philly and I root for the Sixers just because. And that is because they're they're not a regular basketball team. They're insane. They've had a completely crazy history the past, you know, six, seven years, um, which we all know about. Um, but then on top of that, this season, they've embraced this identity that is so, completely um, life ben. It, I mean it is the 90s New York Knicks reincarnated yes. um, they are playing bully ball they're playing smash mouth uh, you know whatever uh, Brett Brown called it um, and it speaks to us I know Chris so deeply um, and it is like so appealing and exciting to uh, to to have this team to watch um, who are like absolute legitimate championship contenders and are gonna go about it um, just by like beating people up and getting offensive rebounds and playing incredibly stifling defense and shutting down uh, you know high scoring offenses like it's it's the brand of basketball that we yep. were literally uh, raised on Chris yep. Yep. Um, and it couldn't be more thrilling. Uh, and I feel like that was c- kind of crystallized in this fight uh, that uh, Embiid and Towns had, which is really, let's be honest, more of a two large men hugging each other to the ground 
Um, and then Ben Simmons uh, j- getting on top of Carl Anthony Towns, giving him a very uh, aggressive chokehold, um, <laughs> causing Towns to uh, flail his legs and slap the hardwood. Yeah. Um, which kind of made me uncomfortable, to be honest. I mean, I get that like the Simmons flailing? was just trying to like. <laughs> Yeah, like everything about it. Just yeah. uh, maybe I've like watched like too many fucking police brutality videos, uh, and like oh. obviously I don't want to like equate the two because it's insane. But it just made me feel very like kind of like uh, a little like cringy yeah. to Glorified to like violence? see that, to see towns like that and being like yeah. you're choking me, get off my back. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, obviously, like fights are cool, and it's and it's cool to have like a rough and tumble rugged team. But let's talk a little bit about Embiid and his reaction to the fight. Sure, because that's where I really got kind of, like he kind of like I was like so ready to be like fuck yeah, this is awesome. Right, you know the whole Mike Scott mentality, um, ain't no bitch, blah blah blah, like. I want it like as if I were like an eleven or twelve year old, I'd be like, "Oh my god, that's so awesome!" Yeah, the like pro fuck wrestling yeah, wrestling element of it, yeah, y- yeah. And I like there's a part of me that loves it and that makes me like proud, like yeah, that's my team. Um, you know, you're not gonna come in our house and like beat us up, blah blah blah. Um, but like Embiid's like completely like out of control, uh, uh, overreaction on social media afterward. Can we read some of the stuff that he, that he, that he, uh, wrote? Do you have any of it in front of you? I don't, I don't. Um, but he was basically like, he, he called, uh, cat, uh, a bitch and a pussy just like flat out, like wrote those words. Um, yeah. which like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, man. I'm it's a little you. bit like like being yeah. in like fourth grade and like calling someone like I don't know, like the f word. Um, yeah, it's and also like and just, just kind of like uh, it's just yeah. I mean, it's just childish, and it also yeah. but beyond being childish, it kind of reeks uh, in the same way that like I just ha- beyond Trump's policies, I just I'm like, ugh, you're just like bad. Like it's just like there's like a weird stink. It like kind of reeks of like uh, grow up, like just like go about your business and like you don't need you're better than this. Like you don't. You, yeah, you're like, you. Why are you overcom? You're overcompensating for something. I can't totally put my finger on it, but like, why why are you tweeting this stuff? You don't need to tweet this. Yeah, you have like a much better team. The Sixers blew out the the Timberwolves by twenty points in that game. Um, you know, you both got ejected, whatever you, you've always like Embiid has always kind of owned cat in, in like one-on-one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so then like after this fight on social media, so, uh, yeah, I have it it's now. It's like the equivalent of like scoring a touchdown and then running up to the other team and like dancing in front of their face. It's like, what are you doing? Like you won, you scored the touchdown. Like, that's it. Just go be, go celebrate elsewhere or something. It's just such a strange it just seems like really like kind of desperate and tragic. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Like he like he wrote, um, hang on. I have to find so the thing on on Twitter that he wrote was like, Great team win. I was raised around lions and a cat pulled on me tonight. LMAO <laughs> at Jimmy Butler. Uh, I miss being part of the third stringers. I got his mom giving middle fingers. That's a reference to Carl Anthony Towns' mother who was in the stands and uh, f- uh, gave uh, uh, Embiid two, two middle fingers as he was walking out the tunnel, which is awesome on her part. Um, and then he said, that's some serious real estate in capital letters. Uh, hashtag fight night. Hashtag ain't no bitch. Um, but then he went on. Like, uh, it was like, okay, we get it. Like, you're trash talking after, after getting in a fight. Um, that's fine. That's cool. Um, you know, you're getting in the guy's head. It's all like part of the game being yeah. a, a WWF heel, whatever. Um, but then the thing that he, that he wrote on, on Instagram, um, I mean, multiple, like later on plat- multiple yeah, social media platforms. It was like, there. he could, he couldn't like let it go. Um, like he had to just like, like, 
again, like your team is better. You're like it's fine. You're good, man. Yeah, it's man. just it, like uh, relax, relax. You, you, s- like... you said your piece. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So on on Instagram. Um. Yeah. He uh, he and uh, B did did more trash talking. Um. And then he said. Uh, uh, he he commented like Cat said um, something to him on Instagram, and then Embiid replied, "Imagine talking after a twenty point loss. Uh, you hate to see it." Blah blah blah. He goes on, uh, "You've been a you've been a pussy your whole life. Like, That's why you were treated like a bitch by you know who. I ain't gonna put your business out. But I got the facts about you. Don't get it twisted. I own you in capital letters. Own you." And then on top of that, he he like screenshotted and be screenshotted that Instagram thing and then tweeted about it again on Twitter saying that tough guy act ain't cutting it. You know what you are. You know what you've always been. And then in capital letters, a pussy still in capital letters. Say it louder for people in the back. Been kicking your ass and pretty please make the playoffs before you talk. It's a known thing that I own you at Carl Towns. So it's just like, dude, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Like. What is like? What is your problem? So here, here, uh, <laughs> like, what did Cat do to him? Yeah. Like, I did. Did Cat like sleep with his girlfriend or something? Like, that seems really like way too really personal. over the top and like unnecessary. Unnecessary. Uh, it's, and it's not like fun. It's not like funny. Like cool. Like I don't. Yeah. Obviously, I love trash talking. Uh, you know, like I think that's yeah. like a part of the game, and it's great. And like even like Dennis Rodman, who would like go out of his way to like piss people off and get under their skin. Like that's like, there's something kind of fun sometimes about that. But the way MB does it, it's just like, it's just like way too far. You should see a therapist. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know, man. Wrong here. For me, my, um, my thought about the fight is this. And, um, I'm all, uh, you kind of, at this point, it's so flagrant that you can't deny, um, the off court stuff. So I'm glad we talked about it. But for me, the only interesting thing about the fight is the on the court stuff. And it's that, you know, both guys are really great players. Uh, Embiid is averages 23 points and 10 rebounds in three games. Towns is putting up a monster year, 27 points, 11 rebounds in four games. For me, it's just too bad that Minnesota doesn't have more talent on their roster to keep to have like keep pace with Philly because it would be a really fun rivalry to see them continue to oh, yeah. square off and yeah. it would be fun if they're, both they're teams, probably the two best centers in the game right yeah, now. Yeah, it would be fun if both teams were vying for the NBA championship. Like when the when the Heat and the Knicks hated each other in the 90s, part of what was so fun about that was both teams were awesome. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just that they were going to talk smack and brawl. It's that they they were going to be talking smack and brawling in playoff games that mattered. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's I guess And it like made sense why there was so much bad blood yes. cuz like the stakes were so high. Like the, the stakes, stakes are not fucking high. Exactly. It's it's <laughs> This like, is the, Min- the Minnesota Timberwolves. The like stakes, I mean The stakes in those games were like we're trying to get to the NBA finals and it felt like the stakes here were like I want to win on Instagram or yeah. something. It's yeah. Just like, just I just want to so like, like show off to my crowd and like to, endear me to the crowd. I want to post a good photo on Instagram so I could have good emojis in my comments. It's just like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, and it sucks because I would like, I want to love it. Like Embiid is awesome. Obviously yeah. he's like so fucking good. Exactly. And like Again, exactly if, the type of guy that I would want to root for if he wasn't just like kind of such a tool. Yeah. If he could rein it in. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, on the court, both, players are really great and fascinating to watch and i guess what's interesting is we don't really see all nba caliber players brawling with each other on a on a regular basis so yeah well that's the other thing everyone got so got so excited about this quote-unquote fight which again was two men 
doing a very aggressive embrace and then falling down on top of each other. That was the fight. But because right. fights are so much rarer now in yeah. the NBA uh, than they were in like the 90s, um, yeah. everyone was like, oh my God, there was an actual fight. Can you fucking believe it? Oh shit, yep. it's Towns versus Embiid, like blah, blah, blah. Yep. And it was like, yep. all right, all right. Like, relax. listen. Let's relax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the social media stuff was lame and weird, but I guess that's also the world we live in. Um, ben, yeah. I know we're, we're tight for time, so I wanted to touch on a, one or two other things to then get you out of here. Um, okay. Other stories from the week. Uh, Miles Turner sprained his right ankle. He's week to week. Bummer. And so we're going to have DeMontis Sabonis, I guess, sliding over from power forward to center. So interested to see that. Um, Reggie Bullock's sister was murdered in Baltimore, God, which is really tragic. Yeah, I guess this was like five years almost to the day that his other sister was stabbed and killed. So our hearts are uh, go out to Reggie Bullock. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, it fucking sucks. Jesus. And then uh, what else? What else? What else? Durant. Durant's on TV too much. Uh, Kevin Durant was <laughs> yeah. on TV this week talking about Draymond Green how that whole incident with Draymond Green, uh, you know, Draymond called him a, a bitch. What, what, what was it like? Draymond said something like, you're a bitch. You've always been a bitch. We don't need you. We won without you. You can leave. I guess Durant yeah. confirmed that that like was contributed to, to, to him going to Brooklyn. I don't really Great. Care. I don't, I don't care, else. Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I wanted to touch base on two things. One is there, so we're two weeks into the season, is there is there a player, a team, a coach, a storyline, anything that's kind of caught your eye uh, in the early goings here? For me, I'll, I'll throw it out there. For me, um, Pascal Siakam. I mean, uh, oh my it's God, hard yeah. not to be so impressed with Siakam and the Raptors. Yeah. So through five, six games, I think he's averaging like 28 points, nine rebounds, three assists. He's shooting 51% from the field, 44% from three, 96% from the line. Um, the defending Raptor, the defending champs, the Raptors are now four and one. So an exciting story there. Anything you've seen early uh, exciting or really disappointing or weird to you in the, in the first couple of seasons, uh, first couple of weeks of this season? Um, I mean, you know, mostly just following my, uh, my fantasy guys, yeah. uh, very, very excited about DeJounte Murray. Mm. Um, well, he's, I think that's a story, right? Yeah. Like, they were the only, I guess they lost last night. They're right. now three and one. But um, just the fact that they have, they're just going along their business. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I don't really know how they're doing it, but they are definitely doing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But DeJounte Murray is like one of my favorite guys to watch. He's just like, he's still on a minutes limit because he's still, you know, coming back from that season uh, long injury last year's ACL. Uh, so they still have him on like a, a minutes cap. And I think he's sitting out back to backs for like the beginning of the season. Um, but man, when he's on the court, he's just doing so much stuff. He's just so, yeah, he like, and and the way he looks when he does, he's so like lanky and weird. Yeah. Like his his body is like so oddly shaped. He's like, got like, he is? He's like six five yeah. or six, I want to say. He kind of, but he's got like super long arms, like wide shoulders. He looks like, like a, a like a fucking like GI Joe out there. He looks a like, little bit like McGrady, not uh, just like like uh, the 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 form of his body, not even not even yeah. the way he plays. Just like this like lanky little tall dude running the pool. Yeah. yeah, his arms are like always kind of like just flailing and swinging around. Like even when he's like not like doing something, if you like goes up for a layup and when he lands he kind of just like flails his arms around in a weird kind of pleasing way i don't i, I don't know a flailing and i know it's it's yeah. it's kind of like um like we talked about it's kind of it's, like it's very faulty and yeah. it's and it reminds me of uh, when we were talking about uh dunk contest dunks doing the uh, oh, dunk legs sure. you know dunk like legs. when they're like yep. basically just the more movement there is like the more kind of like 
like mesmerizing it is to watch. No um, yep. So he's like a guy who's just like got a lot of movement going on. And I like that a lot about DeJounte. Obviously, sure. his hair is also phenomenal. Top five in the NBA. Yeah, um, yeah really yep. loving what I'm seeing from him. Uh, I mean, yeah, going back to the Sixers quickly, one of the real bright spots is Matisse Thibel, who might just average four steals and two blocks for the entire season, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Then maybe he'll just keep that up. Um, yeah, I mean, four four steals and two blocks in 20 minutes a game. Sure. That seems totally normal. It's so cool. It's so cool that he, as a rookie is ready, just like sliding into a, real like legit role on that team yeah and he's starting when when Embiid is is out uh for his his suspension or when he sat last game he started for him the Sixers look great man I mean they definitely seem like the class of the east obviously we're you know the 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 Bucks are off to an okay start but they're still working through some things but the Sixers look very legit um, yeah, it's really the 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 Bucks, Sixers, and uh, and Raptors. I think. I, yep. I mean, the Raptors are like not going to be easy to beat in the playoffs. No. Um, I mean, if Lowry can stay healthy, that's the other thing. He's like Lowry's like playing huge minutes. Uh, he could wear down. Sure. And Marcus Gasol looks pretty gassed, well, but Freddie, um, you know, Freddie can pick up the pace. But yeah, man, Freddie, he's doing awesome. Yep. Um, they've got uh, OG and Anobi. How about him? Yep. Like he's oh, he's doing incredible. a little mini oh, mini Kawhi God. Leonard impression oh, over there. God. Talk about yeah. a guy we both would have loved to have drafted. In oh God, I am so pissed. I don't have him on hey, my team. So pissed. While we're on that topic, let's transition uh, to how about can we talk? I want something I want to do on the pod this year is can we t- quickly talk fantasy like stud of the week? Any, anyone who's had off to a great start even if it's a super obvious guy i'm talking like you know first round draft pick kind of guy like who anyone caught your eye who's just really great i mean for me i don't know if you have the the fantasy app in front of you but for me it's oh like yeah of course w- i do westbrook westbrook is off to an insane start averaging yeah. 22 points 10 assists 12 rebounds a one yeah and a half just doing exactly what he was doing on his stuff, old team all the stuff yeah i yeah. mean 48% from the field. Obviously, we're in a we're in a league that uh, gives extra incentives to guys who rack up triple doubles. So, in our league, Westbrook is a really valuable player. Um, you have Kyrie. Uh, the have- the most the most valuable, in oh. fact. Um, and it really fucking I'm I'm looking at like the the overall rankings right mm-hmm. now. And again, thanks to triple doubles being a category, um, like which a lot of people might think is insane, but whatever. It's our ridiculous league, yeah. and we love it. Um, He's number one, Russell Westbrook. And he's like um, shoulders above above everyone else. Yeah, he's uh, let's see his overall value. He's like two points ahead of Jokic, um, but then he's like eight points ahead of like the next guy, yeah. the, the third guy. Yeah. Um, the thing is that Westbrook, because uh, you know most regular fantasy analysts and websites and stuff like had him ranked pretty low this year because of all of his other uh, the negatives, flaws in his game, his efficiency and all that turnovers. Um, he was like ranked like really low, and he got drafted in our league at like fourteen. No, um, Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, fucking uh, Lucas got him at, at 14th in the first round, like the last pick in the first round. Of course, I could have drafted him. Instead, I went with Kyrie Irving. Uh, um, yes. Uh, well, huge mistake. Kyrie is off to a great start of his own. I'm Kyrie's like, off to a fine start. Can't say I'm like super bummed about, about him. Monster thus far. 35 points, six rebounds, six assists, a steal and a half, shooting 40, 40% from three, 90% from the line. All, yeah. all good stuff, Ben. But you know who's ranked higher than Kyrie Irving? Who's that? 
Malcolm fucking Brogdon, <laughs> who apparently is just now the best point guard in the NBA, the I guess. Goat. <laughs> yeah. The goat. Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon drafted by our commissioner, Billy Scafiri, in round cow. like fucking, I don't know, seven or eight, like, like you know, a Wait. complete afterthought. <laughs> How is that happening? How is Malcolm he's, Brogdon averaging 22 points he's and 11 a- assists? Wait, is yeah. that right? Am I seeing yeah, that? Y- yes, that is correct, Chris. Ooh. Yeah, he's just completely running that entire team. Point Malcolm. Um, um, wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. He, averaging a, a twenty and eleven uh, with like, like high high him, efficiency. They gave him the Victor Oladipo like keys to the car. They're like, Vic isn't here. It's your team. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and one of the ca- we have uh, a category in our league. One of the eleven categories is assist to turnover ratio. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, like a really really good assist to turnover ratio gives you a value of like you know, a positive value of like, uh, like one and a half or two. Right. Um, yeah. so the, the 10th best player is Fred Van Vliet. He's at a 2.4. The, the third best player is Dame Lillard. He's all the way up at a 3.5, which Ooh. is crazy. Super elite. Number two, Lonzo Ball at 3.9. Oh, sure. Uh, that's what he's, that's wow. what he's, uh, contributing in that category. Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, 5.5, Uh Yeah, that's basically the value of like getting like a triple double every other night. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's very infuriating. Wow. I want him to be bad again, uh, well, um, so I can stop pulling my hair out. For our listeners, if you're out there, and maybe uh, oh, maybe throw, a, throw throw an offer at the uh, Malcolm Brogdon owner in your league, if if yeah, before it's but too if late. you. If you do have him, please do not trade him. He's way too good. Um, As always, this has been super fun. So much to talk about. Uh, I know we didn't get to it all, but uh, Mm -hmm. enjoy enjoy watching uh, TV. Enjoy watching uh, television and and watching NBA on your TV. Excited Mm -hmm. to uh, can't wait to get back in front of that television. Yep. (laughs) Excited to uh, have the NBA back in our lives, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we didn't do a, uh, a China update, Chris. Oh, but uh, is there any? But don't, if it's 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 okay. We we uh, we can we can touch on that next week. Um, we did talk Pearl TV. We did a talk that's Pearl true. TV t- yeah, the TV Pearl Tower. TV Tower. Sure. Um, but yeah, real quick, they are yeah. in fact still uh, blacking out games Fantastic. <laughs> in China. Fantastic. That story hasn't just gone away. It's not all just back to normal. Ladi dadi. Hey, how um, many fans was it that Joseph Tsai is in touch with every day? Oh, uh, 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 one one point four billion. <laughs> one point four. Yeah billion fans Huge yeah in fans. fact there's a uh, there's a really great uh, wall street journal article that mm. just came out today okay. um uh, new nets owner joe size views on china brings u.s backlash um mm. uh which uh, i encourage everyone to read if you are a wall street journal subscriber um i was able to read it thanks to a uh, a work login because uh, mm. obviously i would never subscribe to that fucking say, rag does it come with your fios package no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all part of my my ABC, my NBC, my TNT. Yeah, yeah. Um, lo- love the WSJ. Love what they're doing over there. Um, but yeah, he had some great quotes in the Wall Street Journal uh, this morning. Very exciting. Um, yeah, uh, shitting on the uh, protesters, uh, of nice. course. Um, and uh, and one uh, really nice quote that I that I liked um, that he had. Uh, let's see. Let, let me find it. Um, he was talking about how, you know, he really wants, uh, uh, you know, his sort of focus as, as owner of the Nets is to unseat the Knicks as New York's favorite team, sure. of course. Um, and uh, he wrote a, at one point in this article, 
Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, they're talking about his purchase of the team. Uh, he felt lucky to buy a formerly woebegone team that became title contenders this summer after su- uh, signing stars Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Mm. Uh, side note, they will not be contending for the title um, this year or probably next. Uh, and then he mused about trumping the crosstown rivals, saying, quote, I want the children of Knicks fans to be Nets fans. Ah, wow. To which I say, eat shit and die and burn in hell, Jesus. Joe Psy, because that will certainly not be happening. Uh, yeah. But thank you for that sentiment. The People's Republic, Joseph Psy. Very nice. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, good for him. Um, uh, really, really excited for his uh, now full ownership of the... Brooklyn Nets, um, but nice. yeah, CCTV is still blacking out games. Uh, Ten Cent, I believe, is 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 covering some, um, but they're doing they're, like uh, I read that some of the games they're just doing like um, like text like play by play lines. They're not actually like airing them, um, wow. which is kind of hilarious. Wow. Uh, and then there was a really funny line. Uh, I read, let's see. Um, oh yeah. So one of the big, uh, pro- problems, uh, uh, with airing games is that a lot of the arenas, uh, are, are experiencing protests, you know, inside the arenas with people wearing shirts and, and holding up signs, you know, in support of the protesters and all that, which obviously China can't have on its television uh, screens. Um, so when, uh, I, I read this, uh, one line from an article, it said when Tencent rebroadcast an NBA show produced by ESPN, the letters, W-O-J, Woj, were blurred out from an on-screen news alert in reference to the popular basketball reporter Adrian Wojnarowski, who liked Mr. Mori's tweet before it was deleted. So it's really cool that they're they're, they're going so far as to blurring out yeah. the word Woj uh, on on rebroadcasts of, of not even games, but just uh, NBA-related shows. Fantastic. Uh, because, because he liked uh, Mori's tweet. Can't um, be so, a tweet like that. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a lot of fun over that's there. Uh, that's bad. And that's sticking it to the man, Ben. That is really yeah. showing the NBA who's boss. I mean, again, they're just acting on behalf of the fans uh, who who don't want uh, Woj to exist one anymore. So four billion of them, Ben. Yeah. Uh, always a lot of fun. Uh, All right. Happy to have the NBA back in our lives. Enjoy that, Fios, and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, Chris. A pleasure as always, my friend. Bye bye. All right, I hope you enjoyed this week's show. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show, and Stitcher, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get the show. Have a great couple days here. Enjoy the NBA action, and I will talk to you next week.